At this time, I invite you to turn in your pew Bibles with me to page 43, where we find our scripture reading for this morning, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 19. Genesis, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 19. Here now the reading of God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word. May he bless to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. Starting where we left off, back in the story of Genesis, just to give you a bit of an update, um, Jacob and his twin brother Esau have gotten into a bit of a conflict over the blessing and the birthright uh, that Isaac was to hand down to the oldest son. Esau was the rightful heir, Esau was the rightful uh, recipient of this, um, but Esau gave the blessing up for uh, a bowl of soup because he was hungry. And then um, following that, um, Jacob and his mother uh, devised a plan to trick Isaac, who must have been pretty blind at this time, uh, to, uh, to be um, um, tricked into giving the blessing, giving the uh, in, in double inheritance to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, to Jacob. Um, so all this has gone on, and while this is going on... Um, uh, Jacob's mother, Rachel, overhears Esau saying, I'm going to kill that man. As soon as Isaac is gone, as soon as my dad's gone, uh, I'm going to kill him. I'm, I'm, I'm plotting murder against him. And so she devises another plan. Look, she goes to Isaac and she says, Isaac, you know how Esau's wives who are from the Hittite people, Esau's wives who are from these, uh, these people amongst us, um, have caused all kinds of problems in our family. Well, we don't want that to happen to Jacob, do we? So this is what we should do. We should send Jacob away to, uh, to our, your family back in, uh, in where we came from. And we should, um, we should let them, him find a wife there. And so Isaac says, that's a great idea. And so they send Jacob off. But really, the kind of reason behind this was to make sure that Jacob would be safe 
uh, from Esau, right? Now, this is where we, we have left off. Jacob leaves Beersheba and sits out for Haran, where um, Rachel's family is from, where uh, Jacob's descendants are, or where um, Isaac's descendants are from. Um, and so he seems to be in a rush. He seems to be in a hurry. He seems to be um, on his way because we get this idea because um, he reached a certain place and, he, and it was night it was, and he was so tired that all he had time to do was take a stone, lay his head on it, and go to sleep, okay? And that doesn't sound very comfortable to me. I don't know about you, but I don't really like rocks for pillows. Um, and and, uh, and this, this whole story brings up this concept or this idea um, that I thought about um, while I was reading it. And, 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 I, and I have an interesting question for you because I wondered if any of you had this growing up as well. Did you ever have somebody, some place in your house or some place where you lived that you would go and hide when you felt um, that you were scared, when you felt that you were um, uh, needing to run from somebody, when you felt that you were needing to hide from somebody? So, for instance, like when I was a kid, I would run in my room and I would hide under the sheets, the blankets, right? And that, for whatever reason, that made you feel really cozy, really comfortable. Um, And the idea is that somehow you think that nobody will be able to see this big lump of a body uh, hiding underneath sheets. You know, you, you, nobody's going to be able to find you there. Maybe you had a, a place underneath the stairs that you could fit into, a closet that you had, that you could hide behind a long coat, you know. Whatever it is, you had somewhere that you would go to hide. And whenever you were a kid, you felt that when you were in that place, you were invincible and you were invisible. Nobody could find you, right? Well, I have a question for you. Can you go somewhere to hide from God? Do you have a place like that where you think that you can not be seen by God? Is there somewhere where you can go where God is not? Where God is not present? Where God is not there? This is something we don't think about often, but we should think about more often. And what Jacob discovers in this moment is that there is nowhere that you can go to hide from God. Our thing this morning is the Lord will not leave us until he has done what he has promised us. And the Lord will not leave us until he has done what he has promised us. So we have three points this morning. The first is a dream of a ladder, verses 10 through 12, or a stairway, um, as the NIV tries to put it. Um, two, uh, a blessing from the Lord, verse 12 through 15. And then three, a house for God, verse 16 through 19. So let's look first at the, the first section, verse 10 through 12, um, together. A dream of a ladder. So we read that Jacob left Beersheba, where uh, Isaac and Esau and his mother and that whole group were, were staying, right? And he's setting off to Haran, where um, Rachel's family lives, where um, Isaac's descendants are from. And, and when he reached a certain place... He stopped for the night because the sun had set, and then he, taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. And so this is what you would call a dream vision. And he had a dream in which he saw a stairway or a ladder resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, this is where the term Jacob's ladder comes from. It's a... Um, 
a popular cultural term now. There's a movie called Jacob's Ladder. Um, people will use the term Jacob's Ladder in, in common reference to, um, um, to um, <clears throat> the land of the supernatural or to a bridge between places, right? Um, Jacob's Ladder is this vision that he had um, sleeping on a stone in this place. He saw a stairway, a ladder. Um, the word there in the, the Hebrew, I would say, is ladder. I'm not sure why they're calling it stairway, unless maybe the translators of the NIV were uh, influenced by the great classic hit, Stairway to Heaven. Which, by the way, you're not allowed to play in any guitar shops. It's banned. I learned that fact. And it's because back in the 80s and 90s, most guitar teachers were teaching their students how to play the guitar by playing Stairway to Heaven. And so all these kids would go into music stores and pull out the guitars to play them, and all they would play was Stairway to Heaven. And all the people who worked at the guitar shop said, we're done with that. Over that song. So here's a ladder. And the ladder is one part of the ladder is on the earth. And the other part of the ladder is in heaven. This is a bridge. This is a stairway. It's a ladder, whatever you want to call it. Basically, Jacob is seeing something that connects heaven to earth, that connects earth to heaven. This is significant. This is meaningful. And not only is he seeing this bridge that's connecting heaven and earth, but he's seeing that the angels of God are ascending and descending on it. That this how, somehow is the pathway in which God sends out his messengers and God's messengers return to his heavenly throne room. This is a place where you are, Jacob is personally seeing that God's work is in action. His kingdom is active. He is sending messengers to heaven, uh, from earth to heaven. He's sending messengers from heaven to earth, ascending, descending. This is, this is happening. It's a dream of a ladder. A dream of a stairway. But what does this dream mean? Well, the dream continues. This is not just a dream of a ladder. It's a, a dream of a vision of the Lord. A blessing from the Lord, verse 12 through 15. This is what we're told. There above it, the latter, stood the Lord. And every time you look in your NIV Bibles or any other translation that you um, use, um, except for the most recent uh, NASB, because I think that they're now putting that as the, the word Yahweh. If you see the word Lord, and it's the first letters in caps, and then all the other letters of that word Lord are in lower uppercase, lower caps, that is the covenant name for God, that is the name Yahweh. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. You know, it's really interesting to hear this term. Because after Jacob, the way God will describe himself is no longer ever as the, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. 
but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Um, so, he is revealing himself to Jacob. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your seed, your offspring. And I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now, if you just zoom in on Genesis chapter 28, uh, verses 13 through 15, um, and you see that God, the Lord, is revealing himself to Jacob, and he is reiterating the promises that he, was, that he gave to Abraham and to Isaac. He's saying, listen, I'm going to give you and your descendants all this land. Um, I'm going to bless you, and you're going, your descendants are going to be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You might think that Jacob must be a pretty good guy. You might think that. Wow. What did he do to deserve that? The answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. What is so profound about this moment where God appears to Jacob in a vision and God promises him is that the prior circumstances of Jacob's life have been him stealing and cheating. Jacob is a conniving, trickery, little fool. And God shows him grace. And God blesses him. It is a reminder to us, who are recipients of God's grace, that if we ever begin to think a little too highly of ourselves, we begin to ever think that, you know, maybe we deserve this, that we should think of Jacob in this moment his head resting on a rock because he's running from his brother who wants to kill him. Not for no reason. And God says, listen, I know you're not good for nothing, but I'm going to make you good for something. Because of my grace. Because of my name. For my glory. God can make straight paths with crooked sticks. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. He doesn't save you because you deserve it. 
but because you don't. Jacob is receiving a blessing from the Lord, and he does not deserve a blessing from the Lord. The question is, how is he going to respond to this vision? How is he going to respond to this blessing from the Lord, this vision of a dream, of a stairway to heaven? Well, verse 16, when Jacob awoke with a stiff neck, I'm sure, from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head, set it up as a pillar, poured oil on it, called that place Bethel, the house of God. You see, what Jacob misunderstood about this vision is that he thought it was localized. He thought it was something to do, especially with that place that he was in, right? That this right here somehow was temporally and on the Google Earth map must be the exact place in which heaven connects with earth. And so he thought to himself, wow, I just happened to fall asleep right here where the stairway to heaven is. And so I'm going to call this place the house of God. I'm going to call this place the place where is the gate of heaven, the place that God lives. It is true that the Lord is in this place and and, and Jacob was not aware of it. But what he didn't realize As if the vision that God gave him was not to show him that Bethel, or where the city called Luz used to be, is the exact location in which heaven connects with earth. But rather, let all the earth belongs to the Lord. And no matter where you lay your head, on a stone, out in the middle of nowhere, or on a pillow, laying in your bed at night, God is there. God is there. And for those who have been graced with his face of approval because of Jesus Christ, that is not a truth that should frighten you, should concern you, should overwhelm you with fear. It's a truth that should fill you with confidence and joy knowing that the Lord watches over you wherever you may go. The Lord is with you. It should fill you with joy because the same thing that God promised Jacob all the way back in Genesis 28, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you 
It's the same thing that God promises his people today. The Lord will not leave us until he has done what he has promised us. More specifically, what Jacob didn't realize is that the bridge between heaven and earth was not a location, the place, the, the, the stairway in which earth reaches out and touches heaven. Heaven comes down and touches earth. It's not a place. It's not a geographical location. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. One interesting thing that you may not be aware of is that in John chapter 1, there was this man, Nathaniel, that they wanted to call to be one of the disciples of Jesus. And so in verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You see what Jesus said there, right? He evoked Genesis 28, the ladder of Jacob. And he said, it's not Bethel. It's not the house of God. It's not the place or the location that is the bridge between heaven and earth. It's the Son of Man. It's me, Jesus Christ. I am the bridge between heaven and earth. You see, nobody on earth could ever reach out and touch heaven. Nobody on earth could ever be in the presence of God Almighty in heaven because of sin. But when Jesus came from heaven to earth to show you the way, he came that he might die for our sins that we might be forgiven of our sins, that we might be cleansed of our sins. And he died on the cross, and three days later he was resurrected. And he now is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And all of those who put their trust, their faith in him, they are cleansed, they are forgiven of their sins. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And guess what that means? That means we are bound for heaven to be with our Lord Jesus. He is the stairway to heaven. He is the ladder. He is the bridge. And you know what? Jesus Christ, our Savior, said to us in Matthew chapter 28 when he gathered his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. You see, when you read Genesis 28, and you read that there above the ladder stood the Lord, that's Jesus. And when you read that the Lord said, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you, those are the words of Christ. Jesus has come. He has lived. He has died. He has been raised again. He has ascended to sit at the right hand. We now are recipients of that kingdom by faith in him. We now are new creations, new creatures. We don't ultimately belong to this earth. We belong to the earth and the heavens to come. But that work is not completed. That work is still being accomplished in our own hearts and in the world around us. And so, may we know that wherever we go, God is with us. Wherever we go, Christ is with us. And that if we know that and since we know that, may we bring the kingdom of God with us. May we bring the good news of Christ with us into this world. So that what Jacob experienced in a dream, a ladder that went all the way up to heaven and came down to earth and touched and he saw angels descending and ascending. What Jacob saw and he called a place, Bethel, would then become this world, the kingdom of God would envelop all the peoples and nations of this world, every tribe and tongue would know the good news of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have. And may we know that as we walk out this journey called the Christian life, as we walk out day by day this calling that God has given to us, wherever we may be, to touch others' lives, to share with them hope and the peace that is beyond all understanding, the salvation from sin and death. May we know that the Lord will not leave us until he has done what he has promised us. We will, we will one day all gather on the other side of the Jordan and our perfected bodies to forever live and work for the glory of God and praise and worship him and the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. That is a dream to live for. That's a dream to die for. Even if it means we got to rest our heads on some rocks.
Amen. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Lord, for Christ, the bridge between heaven and earth, the one who came down from heaven that we may go to heaven and be with him. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to know the promise that you have given to us, that you will not leave us nor forsake us until you have done all that you have promised. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we would know that you are with us always, that Christ is with us, and that this would be something that brings us confidence and comfort. But we pray also, Lord, that those who are without Christ would know that they cannot hide from you, that they would turn from their sins and believe in you and believe in Jesus as their Savior and their Lord from sin and from death and receive the newness of life that comes only in Christ Jesus and only in his name. And we pray all these things and pray that you'd answer them for the sake of your Son. Amen.